What's up, my beautiful kings and queens? Welcome back to another episode of Society's Playlist. My name is Jason Lane, aka Maestro J. You can follow my Instagram and my Twitter at Maestro J underscore FL. My music page, Music J underscore FL. And my Society Playlist uh, Instagram, as well as my YouTube page, Music, uh, Maestro J Music. And today's guest, we have a, a very special guest here to talk about generational trauma and mental health. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. Great dancer, great poet. I heard she could sing a little bit, but she'd be scared to sing. Uh, y'all give it up for Krista Palmer. How you doing, Krista? I'm doing good. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Uh, we talked about it a little bit about you being on the podcast, but I'm glad to have you here today. So, yeah. Uh, go, go ahead and shout out your socials and all that, because my people want to know where they could find you and stuff like that. Um, I mainly use Instagram. So my Instagram is babygirl dot underscore C and that's B-B-Y-G-U-R-L dot underscore C. I don't use nothing else, so. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. So again, thank you to my beautiful kings and queens out there that are tuning in to, the, to today's podcast. Uh, I really appreciate the love and support from all of you. And if you want to be on the podcast, feel free to hit me up on my Instagram, Twitter, my number, whatever you got. So let's get right into the podcast. All right, so Krista, Krista, since we're talking about generational trauma and mental health today, uh, just to get it started, what do you consider to be generational trauma? Because that term could be, you know, different to a lot of people. So what is that? What do you consider in that? It's, I feel like it's like in your family, and with your family members or your mom and your dad or anybody, they just, they hurt. And so they hurt more family members on the way. Like they haven't been loved or haven't been treated right. So now they're hurt. And then that carries on to their kids and then their grandkids and then the rest of them. That's what I consider generational trauma because it's just like a cycle of hurt throughout the whole family and nothing is not getting done about it. It's not getting nothing. Nobody's getting healed or anything. So, so it's like a domino effect is what you're saying? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. It seems like we got a similar meaning of generational trauma because I do, I do think that it's, it always stems from some, like it could stem, it could stem from anybody. Like it could start from anywhere or any generation. So I feel like it's, it's just the passing down of pain, basically, if that makes sense. All right, all right, okay. So I guess my other question that goes hand in hand with that is what do you like what do you think falls into mental health? Because personally, I have some people in my family that have some mental health issues and some of them some of them they just can't control it cuz they were born with it. Mm-hmm. And some some of them just, you know, um they over time they just gained it. So what what do you what do you think falls into mental health? I think I feel like the I feel like the generational trauma also with I would say teens right now the trauma because a lot of teens their pains either come from like people at school or most likely their parents so Mm -hmm. and then their parents don't really see the patterns or like how they're a little different and how they're a little off so Mm -hmm. it's just like now they're introverted they don't want to talk to anybody and I just feel like some mental health you can't control. 
you know, because you were born with it or, you know, it could be PTSD from certain things that you went through that kind of triggers you. It's like some stuff you can't control, but some stuff you can to a certain extent. Mm. Okay, okay. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, I'm just going to put it out there that I, I think that I think that a lot more people in our society have mental health issues, which we're going to talk about it later on in the podcast, of course. But I just think a lot of people have it. And then the fact that it's being ignored by a lot of people or just um, undermined, it kind of it really makes it worse, to be honest. Why, why do you think families deal with generational trauma? I know you kind of elaborated towards it in the beginning of the podcast. But like, why do you think that families deal with this? Um, basically, like, basically, like, what I first stated, it's just, like, they don't really know. So, and that's what, like, people have to, I see some people understand, like, with their parents and everything, that they don't really know, like, what they're actually doing and how they're actually hurting. Like, we, they may think that certain stuff that they can say because, oh, supposed to have this hard shell or whatever, but some stuff can actually cut deep. And then it can be anything from the arguing to just degrading them. They can, they may even verbally abuse them, emotionally abuse them, and they might not know. And then parents come off as like, you can't talk to them. So now you have to hold everything in. And it's just like, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like whatever. It's like, like, so say, say I had a mental health issue. And then I had to, I wanted to talk about it to my family. And then they don't, they just like take it lightly. They're like, oh, you, you fine. You just sleep it off or like you walk it off, something like that. Yeah. That, that, that's why, that's what you get into. Yeah. I feel like with that, a lot of, a lot of people push off mental health because they think, they think of it as like a joke. Like, oh, you're too young to know. You don't even know. Like, you don't even know certain stuff. But in reality, you really do. And now they're taking it lightly and then, when it becomes to certain more where people start hurting themselves and stuff like that, now they're bamboozled on what's really going on. But when somebody tried to warn them, they didn't really want to listen. Like some parents don't listen. Mm-hmm. And I just think it comes from their, their parent or the parent before it just like, it goes all the way down the line. Okay. Okay. I feel you. Cause I, I see it a lot at our school. Oh, uh, for mm-hmm. one example, like a lot of people I talk to with mental health issues, they they're like, "Oh yeah, I tried to talk to my parents and they just didn't listen. They just swept it under the the rug." Or a lot of other people just like, "Oh yeah, um, I never felt comfortable telling my people or my my siblings or whatever." Yeah. So, so it's not now that we uh, established that in a way, what what effects do you think? Okay, so what effects does it have on mental health? So, like, generational trauma. Like, what effects does generational trauma have on mental health? Really, it's like a deterioration, especially if nothing ever gets fixed. Like, some people literally lose their relationship with their moms and their dads because they can't come to an understanding about basically communicating about each other's feelings. So, I just feel like, although they can push it aside, but it starts, like, to deteriorate their mental health literally and now they're they're not mentally stable so now they're going to go to the next person and probably knock them down because 
of how they're feeling with their mental health or even do crazy things. People do crazy things when they're really unstable. Like 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 I said, they hurt themselves and I just feel like they go another route. And some people mm. don't even I think they should do I think people should go to counseling like that do it. Especially if it's in the black community, go to black counseling or a counselor or a mm. mentor. Because I feel like that's better than going to not to be like mean or anything, like a white person, because I feel like they they invalidate they- that's it's like they don't, they don't understand. Yeah, real. they don't. And yeah, yeah. I just think we need more like black, black counselors and mentors because these counselors and these therapists, they don't listen. They just mm. say what they want to say. They say the thing that they're supposed to be saying, but they never really give good feedback or things that actually help. So in all, you're just wasting your money on somebody to talk about nothing and I just feel like because I went to a like a counselor and she just invalidated my feelings and I was just like well it's that's why I feel like more because they're it's a relatable like when we're when they're both black or they both came from something similar in their Mm -hmm. childhood or in their life it's like okay now they can really open up and actually trust this person because some people they're very closed off they may tell you what it is but they don't really tell you like the root of everything yeah 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 and i want to go back to like what you said like first i want to go back to what you said about um people with mental health and how they like not really act out but like how they deal with a lot of stuff and i was gonna say that a lot of people's coping mechanisms with mental health it it varies a lot so you can have some people that you know their coping mechanism might be cleaning up and then you might have some people coping that mechanism that might be, you know, something a little more darker, like they do drugs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like with the people, like it doesn't matter what kind of coping mechanism that you see. It's like you just got to figure out a way to, you know, understand that person or, you know, help them out with whatever they're doing. Because, again, like I said, I know a lot of, a lot of people that have mental health issues. And for me, I'm like, I, I don't know how to help them because I don't, I haven't suffered with, um, se- not really severe mental health issues, but I've never had that struggle that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So, but like you said, having people that you can uh, relate to, like maybe a counselor or mentor that can help as well. But I know that a lot of people don't trust those counselors and mentors. So what do you think about that? I feel like, like, let's just say they, like, how we dance and how you, you know, you're in band and everything. And that's, like, our coping mechanism. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they should find, like, you know, their coach or their director or even, like, a friend. But, like, I mean, certain extent with the friends. Because some friends, may they may understand and some don't. You have to find, like, a friend who really, like, really understands but I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of teens, when it comes to friends, they really understand what it when it comes to mental health, because we literally all, I feel like at one point all of us did go through, especially that like with this COVID, especially being in the house all the time, especially coming back to school, and now getting used to how school is. I feel like we all dealt with mental health. So, going to your friends that you know you actually trust, I feel like that's one step. And I wish like friends were more involved like would tell like their mom or something not trying to backstab them or anything but just like let them know 
because they probably are not going to tell their parents. They probably never will. So mm. I just feel like friends should take the step that might hurt them, but in the end will actually benefit them because they may think like, oh, why they do this? I told them for a reason. But they may need it. They may need the help because they may be literally on the edge and nobody will never know. Yeah, and, and, I, feel, and I feel like a lot of past generations, they just like held it in because yeah. uh, I see it a lot. Maybe, maybe not with the generation that was right before us. What, what was that uh, generation? Um, what, what, you know, you know, like the, the millennials, that's what it is. I think it was millennials. I think it's the generation before that, which is our parents and some people's grandparents, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they just held in all that, um, all those negative thoughts or that whatever they wanted to say was up with them mentally. So they held it in and then that's how we got generational trauma because with them holding in all that emotion, not having an outlet like friends or a mentor or counselor or director or whatever it may be to, you know, let it out. They just held it in and now they're taking it out on maybe their kids or their grandkids or, or even their friends, you know what I'm saying? Or other family members, which is, it's kind of, it kind of goes with, you know, I wouldn't say it's a coping mechanism because it's not, it's not really a coping mechanism, but it's just, it's like having a, a tea kettle and you letting yeah. the, the, the water, the water boil over and you're not even, it's like you letting the water, water boil over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to word it in a way that makes sense, but I guess that makes sense. What ways do you, so I guess we kind of alluded to it, but what ways do you think will help combat, um, a lot of this generational trauma and mental health. I know we talked about the counselors and the guidance counselors, but you know, um, some of the listeners that probably have a mental health issue probably tried that route already. Cause I know a lot of people that have tried to go to therapy or counselor or whatever. So what, what other ways do you think can help them? I feel like finding peace and chaos. I think that's what they should do. Like some stuff they can't control, but I feel like, just go outside or like literally or even journal I feel like journaling is a good thing that a lot of people should get into especially like when you're aware of your mental health and you actually know like you can literally write you can listen to like any type of music you like Mm -hmm. but basically just write like literally about anything I feel like that helps a lot like because I started to journal and I feel like journaling helps because there's not like with people with mental health severe mental health there's not many routes a lot of them put them into mental asylums and all this extra stuff it's not many good routes you can take because it's not many good people out here that really care Mm. so I feel like if you start with yourself and maybe like find peace or learn how to get that self-control over yourself to certain stuff won't like trigger you as much as they used to then I feel like that'll maybe help a little bit yeah, I heard that journal journaling helps a lot with uh, as a coping mechanism, and I didn't want to assume that you had um, mental health issues, but like since you say you journal and that helps a lot, what like what do you write down? Like not try, trying to get too deep or anything, but what do you write about? Because when I at, when I suggest that people write down how they're feeling, a lot of people take it like, oh, I don't really know what to write about. Or oh, I write. I always write, but it never helps anything. So what what do you write about that kind of helps you um, deal with what you're going through? I would say I started 
with what I first started with in my journal was am I okay with like setting boundaries because mm. I had to reflect and like okay so how was I last year and how do I want to be better this year I write I write like little things like my favorite season my favorite type of music um I feel I said one entry was something that no one understands about me sometimes I don't even write about anything I just write how my day was or how I'm feeling because I still want to have that consistency that I actually wrote so sometimes I don't I don't talk about nothing but sometimes I do and sometimes so it's in my mind so do you ever like look back at what you wrote in your journal? Yeah, I do actually. Just to see like a month's mark while I'm going through this year or whatever. Because I never used to journal, but then I started and then I started reading devotions too. So now I'm writing in my journal and then I'll do a reflection of like the devotion I read. Mm-hmm. Just to like piece it hand in hand. So so does it help? Like, you know, like how do you feel like when you look back? Like, is it like something that you improved on or is like, oh, I went through this or, oh, I was feeling good at this time. That's, does that help a lot? Yeah, because like, I make sure I have like a good hour to myself. So when I'm journaling, it's not just me writing down and then that's it. I usually like read my devotion and then I'm like, okay, then I kind of like just sit back and just breathe and I kind of like get into it myself and I'm just like, okay. That's usually okay. what I do. Okay, because I think I, I know when I'm like feeling some type of way, I like to express myself. And I think I alluded to it in my last podcast episode with Courtney. It was about how people people show their emotion through different forms of art. And I feel like I do that when I'm whenever I'm feeling any type of way. I like I might arrange a piece a piece of music. I might write a poem or do do any kind of art that would, you know allow me to have some kind of outlet for my emotions instead of holding it in all the time. Yeah. That's I definitely, why I like, oh, go ahead. Oh, that's why I feel like I love dance a lot. Because it's like, because it's like an outlet, right? Yeah. It's just like, I I do this all the time. Even when I'm bored, even like, and then like you can put your emotions into dance. So that's why I feel like I love dance a lot. That's why I take it seriously. Okay, okay, I feel you, I feel you. I know, I know it's not really a definite answer when I ask this, but what generation do you feel like started the generational trauma? Because it, a lot of people could say it went back into when Blacks were enslaved. Some people could say it was with their grandparents or their parents or whatever it may be. But I know it affects just, you know, more than Black people, of course. But what generation do you feel like is kind of respond not really responsible but like started this generational trauma um when i first was like thinking about it i said slavery and mm-hmm. it's not they weren't responsible for it but we were like literally taken away from our moms and our dads and the people we knew so now we're getting raised by whites and we don't know our parents and then we don't even know, they don't even love us, so we don't know what love is. We don't know how to show love to one another. We don't know how to show affection to our kids, because our kids get taken, taken away. So I feel like it all goes down to slavery. It wasn't really their fault, but they weren't taught. So how will we know 
Okay, I feel you. I feel you. Um, personally, I think with our generation, if it stems with, I feel like it stems with different generations with different um eras. So for our parents, they probably say, "Oh yeah, it was our parents that did it," and then for our generation, they might, "Oh yes, my parents that did it." But I think it's kind of that's why that's why it's called generational trauma because it's always a new, um, not really a new source of the trauma, but it's like it just keeps passing down. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So you can't. It's really hard to you know distinguish what generation caused it because it could have started at different times for everybody's family or like everybody's specific family. Let me say it like that. Mm-hmm. So when you went. So I know we talked about when it start started, but when do you think it would end? Because I know a lot of people try and get over it, and I for, personally I believe it ends when, like, say, if if you have generational trauma right now, I say you're the person that's going to end it if you want to, because mm-hmm. you could let it you could let it linger and keep going, or you could just say, nah, this got to stop, and you end it right there. So when when do you think generational trauma is going to end? Like, what generation is going to end it? Oh, I say this generation isn't going to end it because some people still don't like have the knowledge, but I feel like this generation will make a change, make a big change because I feel like a lot of people are coming to the sense. A lot of teens are understanding Mm -hmm. and even me, like I had to understand like, why certain things are how they are and I was like I would never treat my kid like that I would never do this and I feel like a lot of other teens especially that I see that talk about how like their parents are I just feel like they they don't want to treat their child how they got treated so I feel like they're going to love their child a little different so I feel like I think there's going to be a change in this generation but then there's some people that don't got the knowledge that's very hard-headed and stuck up that probably won't be the best of a parent but yeah okay I definitely feel you on that so it I know it's going to be different for everybody so some people might end it this era some some people might end it the next era next decade or next century or whatever whatever it may be but I pray, I just hope that it doesn't you know linger too too much in our society because I feel like a lot of people are waking up now and yeah. seeing that, hey, we got to end this or it's going to just get worse over time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I ask this question, it can have many answers. So is generational trauma and mental health issues more prevalent in black communities? And I know a lot of people, a lot of my listeners are going to say, of course. And personally, personally, I would say the same thing. So do you think it's more prevalent in black communities and why? I feel like it is. And I I only say this because I don't know. I just feel like it is. I mean, sometimes it is in like white, but I wouldn't know that because like you know, I'm I'm not like white and I'm not just like how mm. they like they do have generational trauma. Yeah. But it's just like I feel like we see it more I see it more in the black like community when it comes to yeah everything I really see is like black and I'm just like okay yeah I, I think it's kind of also like what we're exposed to you know what I'm saying so some people might 
a lot of black people are gonna say black is more prevalent in black communities because that's all we see. And it, it could happen in other uh, races, of course. And I think they'll say to the same to the same stature that oh, it happens a lot in our community. So like if a if you're Hispanic, you're like okay, it happens a lot in our community too. We're not excluded from this. I think, but I think it happens a lot in black communities, not just because we publicize it a lot, but because we went through so much in, at least in this country, we went through so much and people just, you know, discredited a lot. Like they discredited a lot of our creations, a lot of our innovators, a lot of our, a lot of our culture, they just discredited. So I think that's why it's more prevalent in black communities than a lot of other communities. Yeah. And I feel like some, not all, but some, they just don't know how to take in knowledge or don't want to take in the knowledge. Because they're so used to this, like, when certain people say they don't want to whip their kids, like, and then they'd be like, oh, your kid is acting out, and your kid is doing this, and, you know, you should whoop them. And I feel like, you know, they just think of this one way to parent their child or this one way, and I just feel like, you know, whooping is not necessary for a child because they are a child. So they just don't want to, you know, get the knowledge and stuff like that. And they're very, like, sometimes they're hard-headed. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that's like they don't want to change. They have a, tra- a very traditional traditionalist mindset. But when I think about traditional tra- traditionalist mindset, I think of trauma. And I don't know why, but I I just know that a lot of people with traditionalist mindsets was based off of a toxic mentality that we deem toxic now, but they didn't deem it toxic then. Mm-hmm. So like how a lot of men that have traditionalist mindset now they're saying oh women have this role in society yada 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 but that, for the time period that it was in that might have been accepted but now it's like now nah, you can't say that you can't do that because the mindset has shifted mm-hmm. in our society so that also has to do with black trauma as well because like how you said with parenting some kids some people might parent their child one way and they'll be like okay that's that's fine but to society right now, we're like, you can't be doing it because the mindset has changed. So you got to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. So really my last question, and then we can just explain off how we may explain off after this. What advice would you give to people struggling with generational trauma and mental health issues? Um, Be willing to understand your parent or your grandparent or whoever you're living with, because that's what I had to learn and I'm just like and I used used to be so stuck up like no why is she acting like this why is she doing this she should know better she's a parent or he's a parent but then that goes back on society because they deem women as this strong black woman they're independent they should do this and then they go back to men and say they shouldn't cry because they cry they're a punk so now they just don't know how to control their emotions and then they try to be as strong as they can because they are parents at the end of the day and they still have to parent us. And then their mental health is just like, it's crazy. And But they have to put on this shield that it's not because they're our parents in the day. They still have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like be willing to understand because they're literally not perfect. And sometimes they don't even know what they're doing. And they're just, and maybe you're bettering them day by day and you don't know it and they're trying to get better but you can't see it 
but they can. So I just think be willing to understand your parent. Like she didn't come or he didn't come. a loving family. So, you know, they're not going to literally be able to love you unless they change their mindset. So that's what I said. Cause I had to learn about my family and everything. Okay, cause I, cause you you always know that like they're never gonna tell you exactly what they're going through. Mm-hmm. They they not they're really not gonna tell anybody what they're going through. They're just gonna try and deal with it on their own. Yeah, but I think we need to really make it like a social norm, saying, "Hey, it's okay for you to express how you're feeling or express yeah. how you felt about this in the past." Because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of parents don't do that, and you see the results of it. But you know, like, like anything, like you want to add on to it though, because you could, I could really talk about this topic all day. Because even though I, like, personally don't have like any effects from it, mm-hmm. I, I do know a lot of people that do, and I always try and help them out as best as I can. It's like we we could talk about this. Like, how how do you think people like myself that don't know how to help can help? Um, I would say, like, if you, because I know I, I literally see people daily, like, with, like, cussing their arm and stuff, like, just be kind, because you never know, like, literally, if that person is literally going through something, they may, even the people that wear the same clothes, or the same shoes, they may literally be going through something that we can't see. So, a little, if you see somebody sitting at the table by themselves, you know, oh, maybe he's a weird kid or whatever, just ask them if they're okay or, you know, how they're doing, because that may help. I also see this lady on TikTok. She's um, she's on, like, Skid Row. She goes and feeds the homeless, like, mm-hmm. all the time. And they have mental health issues, most of them, because they're homeless or they came from the military, they had PTSD. But most of them have mental health issues. And that's why they're on the streets. And she is very, I feel like she's very patient with them. And that's what you have to do. Mental health and mental illness. Because they, they really don't know. Like, sometimes they really don't know and or they can't control it. So be patient with them, you know. Because they may eventually open up. Like, may. If you keep like, oh... You know, just being nice and be kind to people around you. I feel like it's a good thing. You know, that'll probably help. Even if that's that's not the best way you can help, you never know how that probably changed my day. Or yeah, I feel you. I feel you because um, my mom always told told me that you never know somebody's story. So like you don't, you never know what anybody's going through. That's why I try and be positive to everybody that I meet because I'm like I never know what you're going through. I never know what you went through. So. People like you you'll never know somebody that somebody you'll never know if somebody has mental health issues just by looking at them. Because I feel like in society we just say, Oh yeah, it's gonna be the quiet kid that's in the corner. But it could literally be your best friend and they'll never tell you. So I feel like if you see any sign that they're just like mentally not doing okay, whether it just be something small or even may of course major, you just gotta of course, like you said, be patient. And just willing to listen and op- and allow them to open up because if you try and force it and say, "Oh my God, you need to talk, you need to talk to me. I'm your best friend," then it's kind of like you're pushing them away a yeah. little bit. 
because now they feel like they're forced to say something when really you just want them to be comfortable in your in the surrounding that they're in. A lot, a lot that can tie in with mental health is through, like, go through things that happen in their life and they don't know how to cope with it. Mm. And I say this because it's literally like within my brothers. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little different. Maybe because I'm more more intelligent. I'm more aware than they are. But I just feel like they hold on to the death of a person. Mind you, it's been like 11 years. They hold on to a death of a person. for, And they use it as an excuse. And I'm not saying it's like bad. But it is bad to a certain extent because now they hold it in and they don't ever want to talk about it. And then they have these outlashes and all this extra stuff. Like, and I sometimes when it comes to domestic violence, I feel like men usually either take that route because, like, I don't know, I feel like one route is because. They don't know how to control themselves. They don't know how to control their anger or their emotions or literally what they're feeling because they don't know what they're feeling. So that's why they do these outlashes like crazy. And I feel like that's another part of mental health because they don't know. Nobody has ever taught them to truly understand their emotions and truly come to one with their self. So they're feeling all these things that they don't know and they're just like you know they don't know what to do with it they don't know who to talk to because somebody may think they're a punk or whatever but yeah that's how I feel like certain stuff with that yeah because I, I look at a lot of people when they're dealing with anything and I look at a lot of um news outlets when they talk about oh this man has committed a homicide suicide where they killed a wife and their kids or they didn't kill themselves or they did something probably less extreme than that but I always look at that and I'm like people always say there's outlets for um, like how we talked about coping mechanisms they t- say there's like these different outlets they say call this number call this number go to this site but what I'm trying to get at is like do you think those sites and like numbers really help because if we have all these resources to help out with people with mental health issues, it doesn't really does it really have an effect at the end of the day? No. Cause I don't know, like I've never for half of the things I done went through, nothing ever really came across my mind to call this number. Cause maybe because I had somebody to talk to, but not, I don't I don't think it helps because what are they going to say that they probably are oh you know you shouldn't you shouldn't do this like nothing that they're going to say is really going to be beneficial half of the time that's what I think so mm. that's why that's why a lot of black people don't go to therapists because they're like they feel like they're not going to do anything same with doctors they're like oh the doctor ain't going to do nothing yeah like therapists aren't going to help I just feel like because literally what do they say over the phone like is it some? Is it a voice machine? Is it a? You know, it's already a message there, and you're just calling, and you're talking to nothing, or are you actually talking to a person? 
that's actually listening. Because I just feel like that person going through so much, they don't think like, well, let me just call this. Like they, we hear all the time that it may help, that you should if you have nobody to talk to. But I just, I don't think that come across their mind because they're going through so much and they think like that they're not worthy of life. I don't think that, that I don't think that helps, honestly. Because I, I never called any of those numbers. I don't know anybody that I like personally. I don't know anybody that's called those numbers, mm-hmm. which they probably have, but I just don't know about it. But I don't. I don't think it's like an audio message. <laughs> Which any of my listeners could probably attest to it if they've called this number, then like suicide numbers or anything like that, like suicide hotlines or whatever. But I think they're talking to somebody, but I feel like it would, I don't know if it's as genuine because sometimes I hear stories about, oh, I called the number and they still didn't do anything. Like they were just talking to me and it didn't help. Like they would be listening and it's like my words are falling on deaf, deaf ears. Yeah. But you know, do you know anybody that's, uh, been going through stuff like this, like you know, like can you give them any loving words or, you know, what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I just like be patient. Be life is, uh, it's not easy for everybody. Literally, like it's probably not going to get any easier. But I just feel like there's a reason why literally everybody is here. And this person probably made made a change in somebody's life that they might have known that they actually made a change. Like little stuff can go a long way when it comes to talking to somebody or even understand the person, even talk about little things. And you don't need to talk to. It's somebody out there that, that actually listen, that actually help you. Probably mm. friend. But yeah, just be patient. Just understand don't give up don't don't give up at least not don't Mm-mm. yeah that's some good that's some good words but um but yeah Krista I really appreciate you being on the podcast today you know getting this talk um getting this talk in because you know a lot of people listening probably gonna uh listen to it and you know feel a little more at ease or comfortable in whatever situation they're in so I really appreciate you coming on the podcast talking about uh generational trauma and mental health thank you for having me oh yeah no problem no problem i I really would like to have you back but um as we just close the podcast just you know shout out your social media or whatever you want to uh one more time for my listeners out there um my instagram is babygirl dot underscore c it's bbygurl dot underscore c okay cool 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 um Again, to my beautiful kings and queens out there, I really appreciate y'all tuning into this uh, episode of Society's Playlist. Um, if you are dealing with any mental health issues or uh, generational trauma and you're a close friend of mine, or even if you just want to talk to me anonymously, feel free to hit me up on my Instagram, MaestroJ underscore FL, same as my Twitter, or my music page, MusicJ underscore FL, or the Society Playlist uh, Instagram as well. Um, Again, you know, I also have a music YouTube channel called Music Maestro J Music. So if you want to, you know, show support and love on that as well, uh, feel, feel free to go. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering a little bit. But um, yeah, I really appreciate I appreciate all of y'all listeners out there. And again, Krista, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate you. Of course. Thank you again.
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Have a blessed day. You too. All right.